BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had an amazing weekend. It's Monday. We're rising. We're grinding. And speaking of rising and grinding, shout out to my favorite hustler, Jackie O. Shout out to the girl on bed rest, rising and grinding. She's rising. She's grinding. She's getting back in bed and she's doing it all again. She's resting. Do you like my voice? No, I don't. But where? to what do we owe it? I don't know. It's just something I'm trying out. Is this a new personality? Do I have to come up with a new name for you? Where's Turdy Lou? I miss her. Turdy Lou's right here. Thank God. <laughs> I just get like stuck in voices sometimes. And, I, like, you can't get out of it. You're telling me? Yeah. I've been yeah. stuck in the camper for five years. She wrote a whole book about it. <laughs> That's the best way to get out of it is to put it down on paper, publish honey, it. Honey, put give it, it in to the, the book. Work. Put it in the book. Give it to the world. Just a reminder that my children's book is available for pre-sale now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound. If you want to support small bookshops, Target, Walmart, wherever you shop, check it out. It's so much fun. I was reading it all weekend. I took it home from the studio because Harry was like, Mama, where's my favorite book? Oh, you gave birth to Jason Momoa? Harry was like, Mama? By the way, Claudia, I know that we used to roast Jason Momoa for like seeing – actually, it was weird because it was – a woman he saw on TV. He wasn't saying right, it to his let's, actual well, mama. Let's just quickly explain the originator of our mama joke. It's probably five years old. Yes. Yeah, so Jason Momoa, Aquaman, Khal Drogo, he used to be married to Lisa Bonet. Mm-hmm. And they just got divorced recently. But he used to tell this story of how growing <clears throat> up, like, he saw her on TV. The Cosby and, Show. Yeah. And he, like, pointed at the TV and said, mama. Like, and... It would be a cute story if he, you know, ended up being, you know, adopted her son. (laughs) Like, mama? Like, what? I just remember everyone being like, oh, how cute. I'm like, wait, mama? Yeah. No, it was really weird. But I'm just, what I wanted to say about Justice for Jason Momoa is that is how Harry says mama. Like, that is the inflection. He says, Harry's your son. (laughs) No, I know. But now I'm, okay, now I'm seeing it from a mother's point of view. What if he was pointing to the TV and, like, trying to get his mom's attention? Like, mama, her, you know? Oh, uh, oh okay. I could see Harry doing that. Like, trying to show me yeah. the woman he's going to marry and saying, mama. Right, like, when he watches My Special Disgrace Queen, he, like, points at the TV and he says, mama, I'm yeah. going to marry that woman. <laughs> yeah, sure. We're so toxic when it comes to Harry. Like, you know what? Don't even care. Don't even. No. One thing about me, I'm not caring. No, he's he loves it. 
I'm so obsessed. I need to see him. Like, he was so busy all weekend. This, okay, he was he was busy all weekend, but you were really busy this weekend. This was the first weekend that you weren't here. I mean, it you was were the first having, weekend that I that I took for myself. You know, it's really true. I feel like you've been like hanging around the city because you just like want to support me and be there for me. Yeah, and you did your own thing this weekend, which I'm happy for you that you did that. But I also could like feel the separation anxiety between you and Harry. I was feeling it, it from was him tough. too. No, like it was tough. But you're back. But I had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. But it was tough. Yeah, tell us about your weekend. It looked really great. You were with a bunch of influencers. You were just kind of like on your influencer grind. I know. Like, you know, I sometimes like go to things or just like, it's usually when I hang out with Remy because Remy's such an influencer mm-hmm. that like I really am reminded like I'm an influencer, you know? I just don't identify as an influencer, but like being with all the influencers, like I had the best time. Like influencers, they really are so fun. So I went to the Hamptons for the weekend one, just because, like, I wanted to, you know, have a nice weekend. But two, there was a music festival out there this weekend that I've actually never been to, but people go to every year. Like, it always looks fun. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll go this year. It's Palm Tree Festival. It's, I think it's, like, owned by Kygo. Um, and Kygo performed. Calvin Harris performed. Um, and it was just, like, a bunch of good DJs lined up. And it was really fun. Like, me and Ben had the best time. Mostly, I had a good time because, like, I was wearing these pants. Well, yeah, and- your pants were what made you an influencer because those were no. influencers. Like... They, no, Those by the way, were they the were influencer pants. An influencer would wear. They were influencer pants, but they were also um, like rave girl pants. You know? Yeah, sort of like dubstep no, pants. Du- yeah, you yeah, know, like I forget what the dance move is that like people do. Yeah, at where raves. you put your one foot in front yeah. and then in back. It's like the mashed potato. Hundred percent. But when you say rave girl, I think like EDC. No, no, no. I'm thinking of like what is that move called? It's like the dub or whatever. Like. No, what? I know it's, it's like it's the it's literally the mashed potato, but it's now being done at raves and it has a new name. Yeah, it's like two stepping, dub stepping. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I feel like Psst. other people do too. Please just drop a comment. Like I was trying to make the joke all night, but I couldn't remember what the fucking dance no, and when was you called. say rave girl, rave girl is like dolls kill. Yeah, energy. yeah, that's not what you were putting off. Yeah, okay, whatever. But you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, like, the pants were giving me, like, this alter ego, and I was just, like, walking around like I owned the festival because, like, I looked like I did with my pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had such a good time. Me and Ben just, like, really, we, like, chilled all weekend. It was kind of rainy, which was annoying, but, like, we we stayed at Canoe Place, which, by the way, you would love. Like, I know you love, like, a drivable cottage vibe. Cottage vibe, yes, I do. So this is – it was 90 minutes from the city because it was in West Hampton. It was drivable. It was cottage vibes. They have a spa, a pool. Ooh. It was It's, like, brand new. It's so cute. And they serve spritz, just, like, added bonus. And it's Strice-friendly. I, You know, I, I have to assume – it, I didn't ask, but it was so dog friendly, like just in the energy. Mm-hmm. I assume it's Strice friendly. I should have brought Theo. I didn't realize we'd be staying at like a cottage that had like its own backyard. Like I really could have brought Theo. And it was like me and Ben were yesterday. We were like, we're both working from home on Monday. Like we could just stay one more day. But we honestly didn't want to spend one more minute away from Stry. Ugh, but if he was there, two birds, one stone. I actually didn't even know you came home last night. I thought I might be podcasting remotely with you from the Hamptons again. We could have. We could have. You've been but, so um, mysterious. I'm so mysterious. What, you didn't see a picture of me in my car? No, but also you could be in your car like going to dinner in the Hamptons. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It was kind of, you know, I made my first weekend away with the car. Me and Ben, we, it was like a 90-minute drive there, 90-minute drive back. Both there and back, we did not stop talking about our car. Like, all we, we were like, how amazing is this? Like, we're just like have the freedom. Like, you know, usually we use Ben's parents' cars. So like, if we had wanted to extend, we would have had to call and say, is that okay? And like arrange. But no, we're so free. We just like, we literally were talking the whole weekend about our freedom. So what you're saying is freedom is a highway. 
freedom is a high. And you know what? This weekend was kind of just like filled with fast cars and freedom. Damn. I mean, that is how I feel about Tesla. Just like right. so free. So I understand. I understand the hype. If I hadn't just gotten a new car, like maybe I wouldn't be able to participate in this conversation. But I totally understand. Now, it wouldn't be a weekend um, away if I didn't have to unburden myself. So I will go. So here you go. Wait, I had more questions, though, before you oh. get to the negative. Let's focus on okay. the positive still. Because okay. you were with fellow influencers. One of my favorite yes. girlies, Juliet Porter. You guys know I'm obsessed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Siesta Key. But did you see Alex Earl? Because I saw she was there. I did see Alex Earl. Um, I saw Alex Earl. We were, like, in the same table area. So I went over and said hi to her because I had met her at a Rare Beauty event. And we've, like, DM'd a bunch. Um, and, like, you know when you're talking to someone, like, you, have, you know for a fact that they have no idea who you are. Yeah. So she was so polite, but like homegirl had no idea. And that's fine. She meets a lot of people, but she, like I thought I'm we sure connected. I'm she's met so many people in the last year. I can't even be mad because we've and literally no met offense, once. like you look different every day. <gasps> so true. I feel not, like not a spinning to, this, not a spinning this into a positive. No, totally. Like I feel like you need to take into account that like if you met someone six months, no, six months, and but a year ago, like you're a different turdy. No, it's so true. It's so true. I wasn't even mad. Like, I can only imagine how many people, like, are up her ass. And I was just another one of them, you And know? how many people feel that way about you, that you don't know who they are, but you're talking to them. Wow. So true. Perspective. Yeah, no. She was so nice. And, like, there was, um, like, it was influencer central. And it was really fun. Like, everyone was, like, just really getting led. I was, you know, deeply unwell. And there was quite a bit of walking around. And I was wearing these, like, really big platform sneakers. And when I tell you, I my shit, like, my calves are on fire literally two days later. I will never wear big shoes like that to, like, a, a festival ever again because I can't feel my legs. You live in New I was learn. like, why do... I was like, why do my legs hurt so much? And I realized I was like literally wearing ankle weights. <laughs> um, okay, but to the unburden yourselves, ready? Okay. So, you know, a festival is never like an easy place to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and there were like, you know, bathrooms. The line was so long. And I was like, I'm sorry. No, no. So I went into like this parking lot where like a bunch of people's cars were parked and it was empty because everyone was inside the festival. This was just a parking lot. So I like went behind a car. I chose like a big one. I chose like a big sprinter and I just peed. Like it was not a big deal. It was easy. I, like went right behind, pull my pants down, peed, all good. And I'm walking towards the front of the car and the person um, in the driver's seat like knocks and rolls the windows down and he was um, fully in the car. The car was on. I was peeing right in front of the rear view, the rear view camera. And he was just hysterically laughing. I guess I didn't account for, like, you know, somebody having hired, like, a car service and the driver waiting. In right. I thought, you know, it would be all empty cars. He couldn't have been nicer. Honestly, he didn't even make me feel, like, weird or anything. He was like, good for you. You know the line. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, honestly, it, he unburdened it for me because he was so cool. And so he didn't mention anything about you not wiping? He didn't mention anything about my unmentionables. No. That's good. Were, were you facing him or like did he see your butt? I was, my ass was facing the car. So your and ass I was, was facing, in his face. My ass was in his face. Cool, cool. Yeah, no wonder he had it. He was fine with it. Yeah, no, he got a, you know, a show. Free show from the turdy. Free show from the turdy. And you know what? I peed two more times after that and I kept going back to the same spot. A little bit more discreetly, but, like, I knew it was a safe space for me. Did you bring any, like, tissue paper? No. 
Not you getting like fixated on the fact that I didn't wipe. Like what Three was times? I supposed to do? Three times? What was I supposed to do? You're going to get an irritation. No, totally. I was wearing a bodysuit. I'm literally going to get a UTI. Literally. <laughs> take, um, your take your Take your Eucora. I should take my Eucora. I'm feeling fine. Okay, that's good. And I'll let you know. Okay. If it starts to get any, you know, burning <laughs> or itching. Well, I'm so glad you were great. able to unburden yourself. I'm glad you had a great weekend. I feel like every time you lean into the influencer life, like, you, you love it. No, I know, but, like, I can't, like, dive head deep or whatever Ben says, head first, head deep into influencer life because it's honestly, it'll suck you in. It it'll will. It'll suck you in. It's so and true. I can't, I can't. You have to keep your head above water. Yeah. No, and then I'm going to be, like, walking around thinking I'm Alex Earl. I'm like, we know I'm not. <sighs> sure, but, like, I feel like everyone kind of walks around thinking they're Alex Earl and they're, like, much further off than you are. So why not, That's Turdy? That's true. Why not? Oh, my God. I'm, like, literally joking. Sorry. I drank Pellegrino. Bad, big mistake. Shouldn't drink carbonation while I podcast. You do it every single day with your LaCroix, but okay. LaCroix is, like, not carbonated. No, it's, it's it not. is. But no, like but I, know, not, I know technically. But not as carbonated as, as those first few sips of Pellegrino from a bottle. Pellegrino from a bottle hits different. And the first few sips could take your eyes out. Oh, they could take your esophagus out. Like it's so spicy. I know. But then it gets really like stale really fast. Yeah, that's true. They should work on that. 100%. The extremes. You know what I watched last night? So oh. randomly. Like Zach just put a movie on on cable. Okay. But I had never seen it, so I was just taken in by it. The Martian. Matt Damon? Yeah. Have you ever seen mm. it? No. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched something, like, good in a while. I you should really it? seek out. I just really, like, enjoyed it. And I came in in the middle, so I was still, like, putting stuff together. And we have, like, a really small TV in the living room. And, like, I could barely hear anything. But <laughs> I really liked it. Well, imagine, like, if you watched it on a real TV, how much you would enjoy Imagine it. if I, like, saw it in theaters from the beginning and not with commercials. Oh. Yeah, no, it oh. was a horrible, like, experience. And oh, it was still, on cable? Yeah, and I still really enjoyed it. At some point, I should have just, like, stopped it, went to a streaming service, and, like, found the movie. I'm sure it's on Max or something. You yeah. You see me adapting to the rebrand, Max. Maximilian. I dropped the HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't do that, and I should have. And now, like, the movie's kind of ruined for me. That's, like, when I watched Gone Girl, and I came in in the middle. And so I never had that moment of spoiler alert, like, mm-hmm. not knowing if she was alive or dead. Because I came in, and she's in the car talking to herself about her big plan. So true, <laughs> by the way. Um, that also, watching, like, a, a real movie for the first time on cable, it should never be done. Very recently. <laughs> and they then, cut stuff out, too. Like oh, to, no, to it's get, made for TV. Yeah, to, they cut out, like, transitional scenes, all these things. Ben, ben and I watched The Help. It was on E! like a month ago. I've seen it a thousand times. Ben has never seen it. He thought it was the most amazing movie. I'm like, I really should turn this off and like put it on. But he was like enthralled. Like I couldn't touch the clicker. No, that was me with The Martian last night. It's like, I guess it's better to have watched a movie on cable with commercials and cuts than never to have seen it at all. So true. The jacket, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And now I should go and like watch it from the beginning. For real. But nah. Nah, I got the gist. Anyway, so it was nice because... It's been a while since I watched something good and something I we were FaceTiming on, what night was that? Saturday night? Yeah, after I left the festival, we FaceTimed. Yeah, and I had just watched officially the worst piece of shit I ever saw in my life. And I want to take back everything negative I've been talking about TV in general because nothing was as bad as what I watched on Saturday night. 
Wait, I was like so blackout. I don't even remember what you're talking about. And just like that, season two, episode one. Oh my God, wait. Do you, you not remember it? this conversation? I do not remember this conversation. Oh my God, you were cracking up at my taste. Okay, because I watched the first episode, but I, I didn't know you finish did, it. But yet. you didn't finish it. I know. Oh my God, yeah. Because <laughs> we had this conversation, but I'll enlighten you. Oh my God, the worst show I've ever seen. I did not watch season one, but Zach did. So he was like, can I watch the new episode? So I was like, yeah, I was reading anyway. So mm-hmm. I was just like not planning on really watching. But I was sucked in by how terrible it was. Like, I know. N- not even the show itself. The writing. Like, yeah, even, cringe. Like, everything is so cringe. Even scenes between like beloved, you know, Charlotte and Harry. Yep. They don't have their same like dynamic. It's everything was making me cringe so so hardcore also now there's eight main characters question yes mark? yes oh you didn't see the first season no but Seema. I watched the recap of the first season previously so Miranda's on. law professor and Miranda's not even in law school anymore so I don't really know why the women would still be like hanging out with her um and Seema actually I like Seema she's very fabulous and cute I don't have an issue with the their storylines or whatever but like eight people is a lot to keep up with yeah, well, I watched an interview um, Cynthia Nixon did. It's clear they're, like, overcorrecting the fact that, like, there was not a singular black person on the original show. Yeah. And it was, like, so white. And, like, so now, like, Miranda, not Miranda, what's her name? Cynthia was like, you know, I loved our show. It was, like, a perfect show except for. And so now they're, like, um, adding additional characters to, like, be more representative. And it is it is a lot of main characters. Like, honestly, I know this is, like, going to be a hot take, but, like, I could live without Charlotte. Now that I have, like, everyone, like, Charlotte's not, like, pretty much. Except the only thing she really brings is Harry. Yeah, but even he was, like, meh, you know? They, I didn't they see weren't much giving, of him. They weren't giving what they used to give. Carrie no. is just insufferable talking about how, like, you know, she has this Thursday nights with her Thursday. podcast producer, and he wants to go out on Tuesday. And, like, I, like, what? And she kept having that conversation with every eight people in the show. Yeah. And I was just, like, this is, you're 60, If you want to go out on Tuesday, go out on Tuesday. And if you don't, don't. But like, this isn't like, this isn't the sex in the city of your. It's not the sex in the city of your. It feels like all the characters, like all the actors who are acting with one another, like are meeting for the first time. Like there's no familiarity and there's no, you're just so aware that everyone's acting. No. And the way that the lines are delivered, like it was really about the writing. Like it was so staged and phony and like it was so bad. Like, the just the quality of the show was so bad I was in shock and like the writing was so like butt clenching I was clenching my butt yeah I couldn't believe it no and it's like for me I've had this renaissance in the last few years with the original show and I love Miranda so much and I feel like she, she I think out of all of them she's the one with the most um defined personality and I just don't see this journey that she's on, just kind of like leaving her family behind and moving to California and following around Che. Like, I don't following around Che and Che's like, go away. Yeah, I. That's just like not something. And then Miranda, like, maybe I missed a scene, but like Miranda confronts her, like, why don't you want me around? And and then Che's like, because I'm on a diet. What? You you didn't get there yet. Like, I guess Miranda was trying to be touchy with her, and like Che went on a diet for her show or something, and so she was feeling like insecure about. Her belly. But it's like, but why'd you tell her to leave the comedy store? Okay. I don't really get it. But no, no, maybe saying... but maybe I missed a scene. No, but like that's what I mean. Like it was just like these leaps. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like Miranda 
this is so uncharacteristic of Miranda. Like, we know Miranda. She's a creature of habit. Like, she, you know, she gets the same thing at the Chinese food place that the person knows her order. Like, this whole, like, throwing caution to the wind and leaving behind, like, her very uh, stable family life to, like, have some sort of midlife crisis is not something Miranda would do. Like, if you know Miranda, you know how, like, borderline, like, boring she is. Like, she just does the same thing all the time, and she likes that. Yeah, but I think that's that's why she chose Steve. But that's exactly what a midlife crisis is. I know, but, like, of all the people, like, Miranda is not susceptible to a midlife crisis. No, but I, I, okay, maybe, but I also think the person who is boring and does the same thing and always makes the safe choices, like, is susceptible to a midlife crisis. I guess. Like, maybe it's not a midlife crisis. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, um. I'm not getting midlife crisis vibes from her, except when she was, like, in the early scenes when she's, like, in L.A., and she, like, loves L.A., but actually that reminded me of in Sex and the City when they she go to L.A. She hates L.A., Oh, I thought she loved L.A. No, they all ended up hating it. I thought she loved it until that guy chewed his food and spit it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was <laughs> like, oh, maybe I could get with this. And she's like, no, this is all a facade. No, that kind of happened in that episode, too. She's, like, doing, like, the cryo chamber and everything. She's like, I love this life. And then she like, gets some salt water in her eye. And she's like, Oh, Goodbye. that part I did see. Yeah. Um, wait, I want to tell you really quick about um, another show that I watched. But before I do, let me just let you know that today's episode is brought to you by eBoost. So if you're looking for a nice little shot of energy, something to keep you sustained throughout the day, check out eBoost Superfuel. It's non-GMO, it's soy-free, it's vegetarian, and it's gluten-free. It has no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. It's less than 15 calories per can, and it only has one to two grams of sugar. So if you struggle with everyday energy because you either you know we're up late working studying um if you need an energy boost before or after a workout if you've been traveling a lot hungover whatever it is e-boost is a great option you know for me I'm always looking for things to sustain my energy because I don't love coffee um and I really like Superfuel because it's low sugar, less than 15 calories per can, and it's formulated with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, nootropics, not normally what you'd expect from an energy drink. So when we think energy drink, we think, you know, like bright color cans, lots of sugar, tons of calories, and it gives you that crash. Um, Superfuel from eBoost is very different. It's created with natural caffeine from green coffee beans and green tea. So whenever we do drink Superfuel, we're given a steady dose of caffeine without the jitters. And eBoost is so confident that you're going to love Superfuel that they are going to give you a four-pack for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Take advantage of this offer today and go to eBoost.com slash toast to get your free four-pack of Superfuel. We keep them in the studio. I have them at my house. It's really a great alternative for people who live to do more every day, who thrive on the go and always have a new goal on the horizon. So again, they're giving away a four pack for free. When you go to eboost.com slash toast, all you have to do is pay for shipping, E-B-O-O-S-T dot com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Kitsch. They say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. With a cult-like following, Kitsch has created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts are swearing by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows that hair care doesn't stop in the shower. So whatever your budget, whatever your skin or hair type, Kitsch believes that you deserve indulgences at affordable prices, morning, noon, and night. So uh, everyone, I feel like, knows Kitsch for their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. If you're not in the satin game and you, like, wake up with a rat's nest every single day, use the satin pillowcase. Use their satin um, eye mask. It's so good. It leaves your hair, like, cr- without any like uh, wrinkles in it. You know when you get like a mark from your scrunchie? It's really great. They also have heatless satin curling rollers that everyone on TikTok are obsessed with. There's no heat damage. They are original OG heatless curlers. 
and you can wake up with like a fresh, bouncy, delicious blowout. They also have rice water shampoo bars that could help with overall hair growth and density and rosemary scalp oil that helps support scalp health and hair strength from root to tip and so much more. I love their rosemary scalp oil. Everyone knows I'm on like my hair regrowth journey and the satin pillowcase has really changed my life. Jackie told me for like weeks to get a satin pillowcase and no, not even weeks, months and I didn't listen and now I finally did and I swear it's so game changing and Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash toast. That's right, 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash toast. One more time, that's mykitsch.com slash T-O-A-S-T for 30% off your order. Okay, I started this show last night that like everyone's obsessed with. Have you heard everyone talking about the bear? No. It's on Hulu and it's like Jeremy Allen White, who we were just talking about from Shameless. And I think everyone's just like obsessed with him. So like whatever they were going to watch, like whatever that he was going to be in, they were going to watch. And oh my God, it's literally so bad. I was just like, I, it's like 30 minute episodes. So the first one was bad. I'm like, okay, but you know what? Like we're setting the scene. Yeah, yeah. The second one was really bad. I'm like, oh, we must be missing something. Yeah. Third episode, shit. The show like gives me anxiety. Everybody's always yelling at everyone. It's about this like sandwich shop and like there's never any like, it's meant I think to like glamorize like the, he's like this, you know, James Beard award winning chef who like comes back to his hometown because his brother passed away and he takes over his brother's sandwich shop and he tries to like make it into, you know, he's like a French kitchen. Like he tries. Yeah. And he, and he was at this like really toxic New York restaurant that like, you know, abused him and like, and you know, it's like, yeah, chef. Did you ever see the movie The Menu? No. It reminds me of that. It's just like high culinary experiences. Oh my God, the show is horrible. It's horrible. He's like trying to turn this like ragtag group of, you know, like cooks into like fancy chefs. Yes, chef. Pommelier chef. And everyone's just yelling at each other. Like no one's listening to him, even though he owns the restaurant. Like it's such a bad show. Like I couldn't believe how people were talking about the show. I don't get it. Well, it does sound like a good premise for a show. So I understand yes. how you were roped in. Um, but no, and his everything. Name, his name in the show is Carmine because they're like Italian, you know, a mm-hmm. family sandwich shop. But they call him Carmi. And it just, it doesn't roll off the tongue whenever anyone says it. Like it sounds like a fake name. Carmi. Well, you know, Claudia, it is a fake name because it's television. I know. I know. And, and it's like, it's reminding when me. When you're watching television, you're not supposed to be so aware that it's so fake. And that's another, that's exactly the feeling I get with And Just Like That. Oh my God. Yeah. And also what's crazy about it and just like that is like Carrie, like all throughout Sex and the City was just like this rising writer and, you know, career girl. And it's like, and now she has a podcast. Once a week. Thursdays. And it makes me no, feel I good. S- it makes me feel like, you know, I chose a really great profession. So like that selfishly like is mm-hmm. nice. But it's just like all that to just have a podcast. Well, it's she had a weekly column and now she has a weekly podcast. But she wrote com- books. Yeah, well, maybe she'll do. She's new to the podcasting game. I do think like them switching her to be from being like a columnist, a weekly columnist to a weekly podcast is actually a very good way of bringing the show into like the 21st century. I don't mind that. But you're right. She doesn't have that. She was like a driven girly. Yeah, no, but also that would make sense if we were doing like Sex in the City uh, reboot Younger. with young people and like the Carrie character has a podcast instead of a column. Like that makes perfect yeah. sense. But like she, not to be like ageist or anything, and I'm, it's not even about her age, but to like then graduate to a podcast. Yeah, I guess. After like years, like sh- uh, decades of a storied career in writing. Yeah. She doesn't I can't, write anymore. I know, but I can't think. And that's a, a waste. Mm-hmm. But I can't even think of like a comparable 
person in real life who was like a really right. big writer who then became like a digital a podcaster at like some TV people who are like really big on TV now like do all digital stuff yeah. which makes sense it's kind of the same medium but like I don't know it was just something a little disappointing like all that for a weekly podcast for yeah, Carrie that's fair, that's fair. No, and it's like people with weekly podcasts more often than not have like other things going parts on. of their job, like whether they're content creators or bloggers or stand up. And so like podcasting is one part of their job, but it's not their whole job. But it seems like Carrie's just doing the podcast. Right. And is her podcast successful? Right. That would be an interesting like episode. <laughs> Carrie, your numbers are dropping. Like do something. Where's Carrie in the charts? Where's but if Carrie she's like, charts? if she's number one, you know, and she's like the biggest sex and relationship podcast, whatever, she's like the call her daddy of, of, yeah. and just like that, then okay. But like, I just, she's been always been so career focused and it's like, this is where she's at after years of hard work. No, you're, you're not wrong, Jax. Cause like, anyways, but as a podcaster, I do feel seen. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, it's like everybody wants a podcast. And everyone can have one. So There's true. room for everyone, Turdy. There's room for everyone. And then other than that, I read so much this weekend. Me too. Oh, I want you to update everyone on The Rose Code, and I want to know your final thoughts. The Rose Code, historical fiction, World War II. I loved it. I really did. And I would have given it five stars, but there was absolutely no reason it should have been that long. Like I, like the book was over. Like I was reading the book and it was like over, you know, everyone was like settling down and in my Kindle it said 30 minutes left. Like there's no reason for that, you know? There wasn't a final twist? No. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. I loved the epilogue. The epilogue gave like a lot of context for what parts of the book were real and then um, brought it back to like something that originally, that not originally, that actually happened in 2014 with Kate Middleton. So I loved it. It was not my usual choice, but that's what a book club is for. I loved it. And the way I felt like so morally superior to like everyone in the past week, because like I was just reading this book and then I was like looking around at like Ben and like my friends and being like, I'm reading a book about like World War II and like I'm kind of like better than you like the book actually gave me like a like a real superiority complex now you um, know was, how I feel yeah no and like I was just like talking to people and if they like didn't know about my book like I was just like oh I can't you're so dumb uncultured swine uncultured swine like actually and I'm sure like you were the only influencer at Palm Tree Festival that was reading about World War II yeah and it was like nobody wanted to talk about Bletchley Park you know the famed secret <laughs> underground mission by England to decode Nazi Morse code. Like, nobody wanted to talk about that. And I was like, well, you're not as smart as me. It's disappointing when people don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And now and I'm going to watch be, a movie, The Imitation be, Game. Oh, yeah, because The Imitation Game is literally the book. But it can be really isolating when you're in that place. When you're so much smarter than, like, even, <laughs> you know, your own husband. It was yeah. difficult. But that's why you have me. And my book club. And your book club. That's literally what it's for. Yeah. Oh, an update from last week. Um, none of my friends listened to the toast. I thought they would all be texting me clamoring for a ride. It wasn't until two days later that Rachel, who is pregnant, like literally eight months pregnant, so we gave her a pass. She's like, oh my God, am I the last one to text? I'm like, Rachel, you're the first one to text. 
then once I once Rachel texted me, Margot and Abe were like, "Wait, what? Like, what's going on? I didn't listen." And now everyone wants a ride. So now, do if you, you could think- just pause for a second, Ben, I'm podcasting in here. If you could stop shaking the tums, like you are in a mariachi band, okay? Oh, okay, fine. Theo, it's raining. It's raining. Oh, okay, it's raining. Okay. Okay. Theo needs I didn't a bath. stop okay. mine. Did you stop yours? No, no, I think it's fine. I was just yelling at them. You could just leave it. Yeah. Um, so do you think that it was just a fluke that Margot and Abe didn't hear that episode or they're kind of like lying about how into the toast they are? I think Margot and Abe don't support me. And you know what? Now that I've said that, we'll see. We'll see. What a frightening car ride. You in the driver's seat. Two people in the back who you feel aren't supporting you. Yeah. What is Turdy going to do? And all, the only person I have on my side is Rachel. And she's eight months pregnant. She can't really defend me. Yeah, that's true. Well, she could defend you, like, emotionally. Verbally. Verbally, yeah. But yeah. if it gets, if it comes to blows. It'll make for a very interesting book club. It will. Well, I'm excited. What did you read? For you. I read Frida McFadden, Never Lie, because you recommended it. Did I you didn't love? find it. I, I did really like it. Not as much as The Housemaid, and I didn't find it as spooky as you said. Like, you were like, oh. and that was the night that you screamed at Ben. Yeah. I literally wasn't reading it before bed. I was reading my nonfiction book because I was like, I don't want to read spookiness before bed, but I did not find it that spooky. Oh, my God. I was, like, immediately spooked from the second I stepped into that house. Oh. No, I wasn't. But I, it was very twist and turn. I did not predict any of it. Me neither. I, like, thought I knew what was going to happen. I was like, fuck, I've spoiled the book for myself. Yeah, but because then it was like, I think you're supposed to think. You're supposed to Spoiler th- alert. You're supposed to. Spoiler alert. You're, I think you're supposed to think that her fiancé is, is EJ. Because his They name both is like Ethan. wine. They both like wine. They both pick the South African wine. They both yeah. have wealthy, deceased parents. Yeah. But I was like, there's no way. Because it was honestly, like, so obvious. <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm just so good now. Like, I've read so many books. I finally, oh. you can't pull one over on you me. You thought you were better than everyone. I literally was going to text you and be like, oh, Claudia, I think I spoiled the book for myself. No, I know. But no, it wasn't that, unspoiler alert. And then I read the new A.R. Tory book. She wrote one of our favorite books, Every Last Secret. Which one's that about? Nina? Nina, yeah. Yeah. So the new book is called A Fatal Affair. And I started it last night. It was so good it's more mystery than thriller like I didn't feel like it's like so fast paced like you know no it's giving like SVU yeah it's giving SVU like who done it yeah I'm like five percent in I started last night yeah it took me a while to not a while maybe like 20 percent it doesn't grip you like Frida does Mm. but um the story was really paying off and I really enjoyed it and I did not see it coming I think next we need to read The Inmate by Frida that's what everyone's recommending to me (sighs) Frida when did where did Frida come from I have no fucking idea. Michelle from my book club like recommended one Frida book to me. And then I started seeing the book everywhere. Like everyone was posting The Housemaid. And I just fell in love. Her books are like really good length. And she's good with the with the spin. Like you never know what the what the thing is going to be. Right. And they're, she's a good writer. And they're all on Kindle Unlimited. They're all on Kindle Unlimited. By the way, Fatal Affair is on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see that. No, and it's like. I just feel like Frida came out of nowhere and all of a sudden, like, she's the new it girl. She's the I love new that girl in town. That's a guy on a string. And I swear she writes a book every six months. No, she's 
literally amazing. No, she's amazing. And the Kindle Unlimited of it all. You pay for Kindle Unlimited, right? Yeah, it's an amazing... Because if you read a lot of thrillers and a lot of smut, like, it's full of Kindle on, on, on Kindle Unlimited. Most of the time, I, I have Kindle Unlimited, and most of the books I read are never on it. But, like, since I've been reading a lot of thrillers in the last two months, yeah. like, now it's like, you got to release one from your shelf. You have too many Kindle Unlimiteds. Wait, what? Like, I, I download the book... And uh-huh. then you can only have so many free books on your Kindle. So then you have to release one if you want to download another one. That's never happened to me. Huh. Maybe you have a better plan. Maybe, nope. but I think I, I just did like the entry plan. Like I did the trial and then they started charging me. That's so crazy. I've never, they've never said release. I don't ever Oh, I have to that. like look through what I have on Kindle Unlimited and, and give one back. But it's fine because I've already read it. Not them acting like the library. Like, there's infinite digital copies. Just stop. No, it's so true. And it's like... It's so stupid. It really is. But it does make me think about what I have there. And I saw a book there that I never read that now I want to read. I didn't know I had it. So... Well, I like... So far, I I think Kindle Unlimited is worth the whatever it is, like six bucks a month. Yeah, especially if your categories are very unlimited. Historical fiction is not on Kindle Unlimited. No, it's not. But you could also only shop Kindle Unlimited books and then not be surprised if something's not on it. Yeah. So. Um, so what else before we dive in? I feel like this is one of our longest pre-five show, pre-fast five banters. I mean, a Monday is always going to be a lot of banter, especially because we weren't together and we really didn't catch up. And the catch up that we did have, you don't remember. It's so true. So what was a girl to do? What's a girl gotta do? A turdy's gonna turd. <laughs> but oh, I, guess, I mean, we could talk about how Taylor played Dear John and Daylight oh in Minneapolis this weekend. I know. Even I felt that. That was deep. And she gave like a little speech before Dear John. She did. She basically was like, listen, I'm re-releasing this album, not because I'm still mad about the stuff that I wrote about. So don't feel the need to like defend me to people who you think like did me wrong. Like basically being like, just back off John Mayer. I think well, that's pretty much what she was saying. I just feel like if John Mayer gets a lot of heat from the album, like he's not going to take it quietly. Like he's going to come back swinging at all the fans and Taylor inadvertently too. And like she just doesn't want to go toe to toe with John Mayer. Yeah. No, but I, I th- mean. I think she knew that Jake Gyllenhaal would just like, you know, clam up. Yeah. Like he was never going to, because Jake Gyllenhaal like has a really unspoken about and weird pattern of dating like 19, 20, 21 year olds. So like he's never going to come out and defend himself. Like he's just going to let it. And you know what? It passed. It's over because everyone's on to John Mayer now. But like if that sort of tidal wave comes for John Mayer, he's coming out swinging. Yeah, he's not going to like take it laying down. And you know what's so interesting and like something about the Swifties that it's like funny, but like I don't know how I feel about it. Like Hmm. whenever I'm on TikTok and I come across a video from John Mayer's TikTok or on Carly Kloss, the comments... Like, there's not one comment. Like, Carly, you look beautiful. Like, it's literally, like, gold eyes. Like, quoting, like, Taylor Swift lyrics. Like, <laughs> and it's so crazy how, like, people can't, you know, people who were once in Taylor's life and who are not now, like, can't move on. Well. I'm sure they have. But, like. They, yeah, they have. But that's so funny. I would never think, like, oh, Carly, you know, struggles with her comments because they're all about Taylor Swift. I'm surprised she hasn't turned her comments off. Like, any song that people perceive to be about Carly the lyrics are just, like, they flood her comments. That's really crazy. And the Swifties need to get a grip. I know. It's like, you have to let people, no one's going to want to get close to Taylor, like, if we keep acting this way. It's true. So maybe that's, like, part what she was saying. Yeah. But I think she also just doesn't want to, like, 
she's not putting out this album to get into a public feud with John Mayer. Right, this is 15 years ago, or right. whatever. 10. So, like, she wants to own her masters, let the girl own her masters, please don't embarrass her. Mm-hmm. But people are not going to be able to accept that. No, like, I do think Taylor saying something, like, might make an impact, but not, not it's not going to completely eradicate the problem. No. But you know what, it, it, it's good for, like, me, because then I won't, like, dive into the Harbor. lyrics again. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm not going to, like, think too hard about it. But what, also, she put okay, out All then, Too Well 10-minute version, which just gave us, like, so much more information that we were okay, just processing so, for the first time so so no people are having the same experience because she just released what have could have should have right and what have could have should have is you know believed to be about john mayer so it's like all right you said you're over it but like you did just release a song that's about it okay well not everyone has to make sense all of the time i agree <laughs> by the way i like, agree there can be some inconsistencies no one thing about me like i'm gonna contradict myself yeah and that's okay. Things are fluid, constantly changing. Life is just constantly in motion. Yeah, well, we do have a Taylor story, so we'll talk Let's more about in. our swirly then. Without further ado, do, 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 here are the fast five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is brought to you by Babbel. If you have an upcoming summer trip abroad, our go-to travel hack is Babbel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure, communication, or as I like to say, communicado, is key to fully experiencing a new culture. And that's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. So if you're traveling, it's just like, so much safer. It's such a better experience to like have a grip on the language before you go. But even if you're not traveling, like a really good thing to challenge your mind, like as an adult who's out of school, take a new language. It's like so good if you want to feel like morally and ethically superior to other people like I did when I read my book. Learn a new language. You can just be like, yeah, I've taken up German. Like I'm just like feeling it. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start navigating and having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. Their expertly crafted lessons are built around real life, so you'll learn how to have a practical conversation about travel, relationships, business, and more. Babbel has uh, 14 different languages that you can choose from. There are so many different ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to the lessons, you can get podcasts, games, videos, stories, even live classes. It comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee, so start your new language learning journey with Babbel. Right now, you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash toast. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash toast for up to 55% off your subscription. So take the plunge, you guys. Babbel. It's language for life. Today's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is everything to sell anything. Squarespace has the tools that you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. Whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. So whatever type of business, I don't know what kind of business you in, um, <laughs> if you're a businesswoman special, you want to invent a post-it, whatever business, a side hustle, e-commerce you want to get into, most likely it'll require a website and starting a website from scratch, creating one is literally so hard. People literally go to college for like six years for it. Squarespace is making it so easy. You will get a website that is professional looking, that has all the tools that you need, whether it's e-commerce, a blog, and it'll get done really easily. So check out squarespace.com toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So whether you want to, you know, connect your social media accounts to a website, get 
traffic overview, own your content. That's what I love about con uh, about Squarespace. You own all the content that you put on the Squarespace platform because they have a one-click data portability. You get really good analytics, insight, traffic overview. You can connect your social media accounts. You can send out email campaigns, share on social, all the stuff. So check out squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash T-O-A-S-T. And that offer code is toast, T-O-A-S-T, for 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story, YouTube star Mr. Beast says he was invited to join the Titanic submersible trip, and he said no. YouTube star Mr. Beast, uh, you guys might know him as Do Better Beast, was <laughs> invited to join explorers on the Titan submersible, but ultimately turned down the offer to do so. The content creator and philanthropist wrote on Twitter on Sunday that he was offered a spot to see the Titanic wreckage. He said he said no, kind of scary that I could have been on it, quote. Did you hear that thunder? Yeah. Oh my god, it's like thunder. Feel the thunder. Oh, I'm thinking like rain was driving, thunder, lightning. That's good too. Um, okay, I Wait, saw but this. Do you know what I... that means? What? If there's thunder, it's a chilly day. <gasps> oh my god, it's such a chilly day, especially because Ben's bringing from home. I'm literally ordering all the ingredients right when this is over. Honestly, you should order them now. Have Ben get to work, bring chili over because it's a, okay. like Harry needs chili. By the way. Uh, I like that idea. If Ben's free tonight, he might have a stupid basketball league, but if he's free, we'll all come over for Chile. That's so nice. That's so nice. Okay, wait, back to Mr. Beast. I actually follow, weirdly, Mr. Beast on Twitter, so I saw him tweet this, and I was like, that's so crazy. But it's not, like, that surprising, because we were literally talking last week about how this company had, like, had all these, like, you know, maritime content creators come on in the last few years and reach out to work with them. So it's not shocking. It's so scary. Um, and I just, I, I'm glad he shared this. Like, I found it so interesting. Yeah. A lot of other people, and people went too, and those maritime content creators, like, have content. Have content. From when they went. So everyone's just, like, coming forward with their experiences, either going or almost going. Apparently, the father-son duo who, um, perished on the submersible, the mother spoke out and said that she was actually supposed to go with her husband, but that her son really wanted to go. Oh, 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 okay, because... A family member the aunt, aunt said he had didn't spoken go. out and said he was like dreading it, begging not to go. Right, but he only did it like to please his father for Father's Day. Okay. Well, you know what? The mom probably knows better. Yeah, and also that he um he's really good at Rubik's cubes. Yes, and he brought one with him. He was practicing because he was trying to break a, like a world record or something. And I think he wanted to break it on the sub. Oh. I can't. Oh my God, the story's so sad. It really is. And the the mom also said that even though um, the U.S. Navy had heard that the implosion, like the day that the sub went missing, that they didn't tell the families that. Yeah, well, I saw a bunch of people giving like um, their thoughts on why the Navy, there was like no way to know that this sound had anything to do with the missing, like this ocean, especially in that like dark, deep water, like makes crazy sounds. Of course, but... All th through all those days, like they're banging every thirty minutes is what we hear. Like they were giving us yeah, all. It should have been little, brought up. They were giving us all these crumbs, and it was like that's a really big crumb, and it's also like navy technology, not just like ocean. Like it's pretty legit. And even if it yeah. winds up not being 
what we think it is. Like they were sharing every little fart they heard in the ocean. And you yeah. heard something that you think like very well could be an implosion. That's something that at least the family should have known. The families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, um, but also the public because you were telling us everything. Yeah. Do you see that Netflix is now adding Titanic back to the platform starting July 1st? I did. And obviously that's, you know, an opportunistic decision. But yeah. I think... I saw people online like really mad at Netflix, like saying it's so insensitive. And like, I don't like really disagree. I don't, fi- like, I don't oh, you don't, dis- you think it's really insensitive. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just sh- like a sheer coincidence. Like a few times a year, a ton of shit gets taken on and a ton of shit Every gets month. taken off. Like Every month. Yeah, it's, it could be like a complete coincidence and like it got made into a news story, obviously just because of what happened. Um, but... Let's I mean, operate it's, that it's not a, co- a coincidence, even though it might be. Let's like, what are your thoughts if it's not a coincidence? It's just like my overall thoughts on this thing. It's like, yeah, everyone's so invested and people are like making jokes about it. And like some of them are funny, but like at the end of the day, like five people died, like innocent people, like who were just, you know, trying to have some fun, even though we think it's crazy. Like they were just like trying to have fun and they died. And like one of them is a child. So I don't know. I, I don't know, like, because where internet culture gets so, you just, like, forget when you're, like, so deep on the internet that, like, this is, like, a real thing that happened to real people. So, like, I understand, like, the tweets and the memes. Like, I I, I think some of them are funny. Like, I, I do. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, every, every, every time I'm talking about the submersible, like, after 30 minutes, I'm like, wait, this is wrong. Like, I can't explain it. No, I understand. But I also, I don't think that... Netflix putting Titanic on the platform like it is a little opportunistic and they know that people are really interested in the Titanic right now but I don't think it's that offensive one you know I think if you actually take the time to watch the movie like you'll come away from it being like Mm -hmm. oh shit like that is like a mass grave like a lot of people lost their lives like you know maybe you'll stop chuckling for a second it's not just like a joke yeah you know um because even if they had put, you know, a Titanic documentary up, a lot of people are interested in the Titanic right now. Like, I don't think, I don't no, think that's, right. I really don't think that's so bad compared to some of the other awful takes I've seen. But no, if yeah. people want to learn about the Titanic and also like this thing that all those people essentially died obsessed for. with, yeah. You know? And so it's like, but then also more people are going to become obsessed. So true. Because it's a magnet. It's a magnet. It's trouble. But we were just saying how you and Ben should watch Titanic. You've never seen it. And it's obviously a topic of conversation. Netflix is just catering to that. Yeah, I guess, like, honestly, when you explain it that way, it's like, no, it's not so bad. And it's an amazing movie that they worked so hard on that should be seen by more people. I, you know what? I agree. Like, I don't know how much of Gen Z has seen Titanic. They weren't alive when it came out. No, I agree. And it's a true story. Well, it's historical fiction, Jack and Rose were not real but there's a lot of really true elements and at the end of the day it's a good take like the lesson that we learned from the titanic which was not learned in this case of the submersible and literally james cameron said that which was that like they rushed um measures and they cut corners in order to you know do this really cool new thing and that's exactly what happened with the ship itself oh my god it's so true huh because they wanted to like break the record for the fastest crossing because it was going so well. And it was a moonless right. night and they hit an iceberg. And if they had been a little slower, they might have seen it. If they'd been right. using, they didn't have binoculars on board. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, but I, I, in the book I read, it was like, yeah, that sounds dumb. But 
So that was actually uncommon? like pretty common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like, Got it. they had a decent, it wasn't like they just forgot them. Right. I mean, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, but they were going really fast and there was, they couldn't see anything because it was I mean, moonless. Right. What's moon? Like the cl- moon was behind the clouds? Yeah. Or like if, if it's like a, a small moon. Sliver. Sliver. Interesting. But if it's a full moon, you, know? you can see more. Yeah. Maritime tings. Maritime tings. You can see more before Turdy goes overboard. Turdy Lou is definitely going overboard. That's for sure. That's for damn. So are you ready for our next story? No, I like haven't been able to stop thinking about anything but the chili since you brought it up. I know. It's such a chilly day and you usually don't get a chilly day in June. In the summer. Yeah. Maybe you want to fire off a text to Ben or, or just like place an Instacart order. I'll do, I'll do it after. It's still early. It's like not even 1030. Like I'll, I can wait. That's true. But like I would love an afternoon chili because I don't want to, you know, have it for late dinner and just, you know, heft up. Plus the heartburn yeah, yeah, yeah. would be horrible for me. But it'll be worth it for Ben's chili. Oh, yeah, but no, I just can't go to sleep soon thereafter or I'll wake up mm-hmm. in pain. Our next story, a little nuptial news. John Hamm marries his fiance Anna Osceola, where they filmed the Mad Men finale. So this story is really interesting. It's very Mad Men filled. It is, because John Hamm married his girlfriend Ham? fiance. Ham? Is that what I said? John Hamm. Yeah, John you just Ham. give him like a, like, kind of like a British. That's how he pronounces it. Yeah. Um, and they got married in Big Sur, California. Now, his now wife, Anna, was on an episode of Mad Men that was filmed in Big Sur, California. But she was like an extra. She was a receptionist at that facility he went to. Right. And I Her guess name they, was Clementine. They met then. He was with a longtime partner. Oh. Nothing like, I don't know what happened between them, if anything happened. That was filmed in 2015. And then John Hamm didn't split from his partner until a few years ago. I had no idea that John Hamm had a girlfriend, had a fiance. I had no idea. Like, if you would have asked me, I either would have said he's single or he's been married 100 years. Like, he's not, he's not like, um, like very public with his relationships. I feel like he doesn't even have social media. He was previously in a long-term relationship with actress and screenwriter Jennifer Westfeld from 1997 to 2015. And then 2015 is when they filmed. Well, something. Turdy Lou, are you understanding? Oh, Jennifer Westfeld. Yeah, I know this bitch. She um, is from one of my least favorite movies. She's from Younger. <gasps> yes, she plays Peter Herman's ex-wife. But it was 2015 they split up and it was 2015 that they filmed. Yeah. I thought there was like, oh, he met her, he went home to his wife, and then they reconnected years later. I believe, I feel like she's also from He's Just Not That Into You. Maybe not. Um, Yeah, there's definitely something. There's a timeline overlap, something. That's just like so crazy that really an extra could catch his eye like that. Yeah, I mean, this girly is giving extras everywhere like hope. It's really beautiful, and it's cute that they got married in the place that they met. I kind of feel like it's a coincidence. I think it is too. I think Big Sur is like a you know a destination, a popular for destination. People from California. It's definitely a coincidence. And mm, actually, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't now. I don't know. Was the, wait the the actual scene that they filmed together was in Big Sur? Yeah. It's no. It's got to mean something. Yeah, and now that I realize, like it was 2015 that they met, and it was 2015 that he left Jennifer. Like it was Big Sur that brought them together. Yeah. 
No, definitely. Like, this is, like, a shady, like, over, like time lap, time. You know what? It's giving, like, Don Draper and Megan. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, like, Jennifer is Betty. Jennifer is Betty. Like, part of me, like, always wanted Betty and Don Draper to get back together, even though, like, they were so, he was so toxic. And, like, she was so much happier with, like, her new man in her big house, like, political king. Like, I loved how it ended for both of them, but, like, I did ship. Not how it ended. Well, why how did it end? Spoiler alert. I think Betty died. What? She had cancer. Wait. I need to I Google think. this. Hold on. Let me Google it. Wait. Uh, why do I not remember her dying? Do you remember her having cancer? Kind of. Yeah. And, then, you know, the last two episodes of, like, any show are just kind of like a hodgepodge. And you don't it's really so true. remember the details. You remember the show as it was and, like, the storylines. Not really the ending so much. Like, how did it even end for Dawn? He, he I, I mean, that's – it's like – yeah, it's like one of the, like – most like debated endings in tv history right but like even in the epi- the few episodes before the ending like he was like in a diner what was he doing with the he was waitress? struggling he went to rehab yeah see at, towards the end it's just like yeah it's all a blur yeah well this ending is happy for john ham i'm happy for him i'm happy for him too are you ready for those pictures of him oh. in the gray sweatpants yeah that's what I think about when I think about John Hamm. Oh, it's not what I think about. I really think about Don Draper, and then my second thought is, like, John Hamm is actually, like, a clown and so unlike Don Draper. And not a clown in a negative way. Like, he's so silly and unserious. Goofy. Actually, what I think about a lot when I think of um, John Hamm, which is pertinent, is his role in 30 Rock. And Tina Fey was at the wedding. Yeah. Uh, he plays the Reverend. No, in um, Kimmy no, Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, they are really tight because she did Kimmy Schmidt too. But I think of him as her neighbor, who she becomes obsessed with and then dates. Yeah, but he like is too good looking, and he doesn't have the the. He doesn't live in the real world. He doesn't suffer from the perils of being average looking. Right, right. That was such a funny episode. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our next story. I want to get your take. Taylor Swift apparently rejected Meghan Markle's invitation to oh. appear on her now canceled podcast. Which isn't a crazy story until you learn what happened, actually. Like, Megan wrote a handwritten personal letter to Taylor, like, really, like, passionate about how she wanted Taylor on her show. And Taylor's representative said no. Like, it didn't even get a response from Taylor. Yeah, so Megan reportedly penned a personal note to Taylor asking the pop star to be a guest on Archetypes only to be shut down. Taylor rejected the invitation according to the Wall Street Journal and didn't even bother responding herself instead having a rep decline on her behalf in what could be seen as a diss to the Duchess. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. My first thought, which is actually not my lasting thought, but my initial thought was like she was dating Joe at the time. and at the I ti- thought the same. Like the entire time that Megan's been like with Harry, Taylor's been with Joe and like if Joe is a royalist. Like a monarchist. Right. Then maybe he influenced Taylor to like have negative thoughts about what Meghan and Harry did. Jackie, I literally thought the same thing. But then I was like, okay, that's like kind of pie in the sky. But now that I think about it, like when we know what Meghan's show was, it's all about like labels and kind of like having her guests like break down their walls and like talk about these things that people call them and like 
th- that which is like an insecurity for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a vulnerable. It's interview. a vulnerable space, and I just don't feel like Taylor is gonna go and bear all on a podcast and Meghan Markle's no. at that. And there's so few moments in time where Taylor does interviews. She's obviously when she's like promoting an album. So it's entirely possible that when this request came in, Taylor was Taylor like pretty much never does press unless it's like the weeks leading up to an album release. And then she'll do like Zane Lowe and a bunch of different like GMA. But Talking she's about not the in, music though. But like yeah. to just sit and talk about herself in such a raw conversation. Like I just feel like and she doesn't know Megan. And Meg and I feel like Megan's show it, it's not what I would think of as like really having like genuine conversation. It, it was very like scripted and it's just like yeah. not where you're going to go and really bury your soul. Like yeah. And I feel like that's what she would have wanted from Taylor. And I agree with you maybe like Taylor just said no cuz she was like not in press mode, but why not respond to the personal letter? Yeah, no, that part feels like a slight. The Morgan letters. The Morgan Ladders went unresponded to. The Markle Ladders. I don't know what it means. It's also entirely possible that, like, she just gets so many requests. Like, this one's not particularly special. Like, yeah, she's a duchess, sure. But, like, I'm sure the I'm sure Oprah wants to interview Taylor. Like, I'm sure she gets the best of the best. Yeah, I'm sure that she does. And if she was going to do that sort of interview, it would be with someone who has, like, a more established track platform audience. Of having really, like personal conversations that are well received not I'm not gonna like you know give you my heart and soul for the first season of your podcast that you're trying to make fetch happen so uh, like random tangent but you should watch you know Kelly went on Howard Stern I saw a clip I've seen a few clips you should watch the whole thing I think they get like real real deep she also did like a great interview with Andy she's being like so open Andy was like I'm so mad about how much money you have to pay your ex-husband. She's like, you're mad? Damn, Kelly. Like, she's being savage. And Andy, like, you know, Andy's so, like, gossipy. He really brought it out. Like, the Howard Stern interview was, like, you know, a lot of, um, I, I think maybe this was her first time on Howard Stern. So it was, like, her whole career, you know, obviously divorce, but also, like, breakaway. Like, talking about everything. More, more at a glance. Whereas Andy obviously keeps up with pop culture and he's talking about, like, what's going on right now. Yeah. No, I've seen, she's been making the rounds and I've seen some clips, but I haven't. I haven't dove in. You should. She's so funny. And you know what? You know what I love about Kelly? Like mm-hmm. what I've noticed just from watching it. She doesn't, I feel like up until this album release, like she hasn't been, she doesn't like do interviews a lot. She's more of an interviewer. Yeah. So I'm learning a lot about her and like nobody makes Kelly laugh more than Kelly. Like she's always answering questions and just cackling. And I love that. Like she makes herself cackle. It's so, that's so me. That's so me too. Yeah, no, so she's us. like, She's literally answering a question and she's like keeled over. Like she can't stop laughing at her own response. That's so funny. I love that about her. Um, that's really cute. I also haven't listened to the whole album yet. So that's why I'm not like ready to hear her talk about Like I want to experience it. And I've only Got listened it. to like the first three songs or something. Okay. Like I just haven't been in a music space. Maybe tomorrow like while I do my makeup because I'm coming to the studio. Jackson Studio. Can't wait. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Our next two stories, actually, fourth and fifth, are both some book news. Fourth being that what's-her-face Colleen Hoover. What's-her-face? <laughs> Sorry. It says it ends with us author. I'm like, no, Colleen What's Hoover. her name? Yeah. Colleen Hoover addresses. <laughs> Sorry, Colleen. I'm just, you know, pregnancy. No disrespect. But it is such a disrespectful thing to say, what's-her-face. It's literally the most disgusting thing you could say. Like, what's-her-name? 
<laughs> like, but tell me, like, tell me you care less about someone no, but you than guys calling know, her what's her name. I care. No, I'm so, not talking about you. I'm saying just like what's her name, general, like that right. whole thing in general. But I just meant like you know what's her name, uh, pregnancy brain. Yeah. Sorry, Colleen. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Colleen Hoover addresses controversy surrounding the casting of Blake Lively and Justin Baldoni. So at Book Bonanza, Colleen Hoover um, spoke about the upcoming movie adaptation of It Ends With Us and addressed some of the controversy surrounding the film. And actually, some of it, what she said, was straight facts. So since announcing that Blake and Justin will play Lillian Ryle in the film, Colleen has faced backlash because of the significant age discrepancies between the actors and their characters. Blake is 35, while Lily was 23, and Justin is 39, while Ryle is 30. Now five months so bad. Not so bad, but the the Blake Lively one for sure. Five months after their casting, Hoover has an explanation for the age gap. She said, Back when I wrote It Ends With Us, the new adult genre was very popular. You were writing college age characters. That's what I was contracted to do. Then she Mm. said, I didn't know that neurosurgeons went to school for 50 years. There's not a 20-something-year-old neurosurgeon. So true. She viewed the adaptation as an opportunity to remedy her error. error. She said, I started making this movie. I'm like, we need to age them out because I messed up. So that's my fault. So she made the characters age appropriate to the story. Because otherwise people who like never read the book would be like, okay, this 29-year-old neurosurgeon. Can't be a neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. And it's probably something that bothered that too. her. And she's not going to do it twice. No, no. That I understand. But then also she talks about the clothes. But first yeah. she said that she um, is so happy with the cast, especially Blake Lively, who she's been obsessed with since Gossip Girl. Then she said people are upset about the outfits and whatnot. Her advice yeah. is simply to wait until the film hits theaters. She said she loves the costuming conversations that set photos from the film have generated, and she has a message for her fans. You've seen a couple of outfits that are completely out of context. I'm not worried about it. Okay. Oh, okay, because, like, you know, we only saw her outside, and it's very possible, like, when she's outside, she just grabbed her shit and ran because her husband is crazy. Like, maybe that's what we were seeing. Maybe. And she said, I, I don't remember describing outfits at all, like in the book. I don't care what they have on in my head. It's about the conversation they're having in the story, which I agree about a book, but like a movie a is book. a very visual experience. And like outfits maketh characters. No, when people describe like what they're wearing or how they look in a book, it goes in one ear and out the other. Like <laughs> they will tell me that this character, they will tell me that this character is blonde like a thousand times. In my mind, she has red hair. Like I just, I it doesn't stick with me. Like visual descriptions are irrelevant. But this is a movie no I know and that's so funny because when we do redheads episodes sometimes the Hollywood treatment like we choose different hair colors and we're like wait she was a brunette and you're just like it doesn't matter. I didn't see it like that no it doesn't matter like one of my favorite books is one true loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid and like the main character has a pixie cut and when I tell you I read that and like threw it out like it was just it was irrelevant because she was like a cute little blonde girl with like hair down to her ankles like it literally it doesn't matter yeah I agree so that does give me like a little more hope for the movie yeah, no, I mean, the first thing makes sense. That doesn't make it better, but it makes sense. The second thing is actually, like, that's facts. Like, we literally saw three outfits. How many outfits? The movie takes course over, the like, I think, like, a few years. Yeah, but also, now we're, it's a little bit confusing on the other end because I feel like so much of the story is about, like, Lily being young and a little naive and, like, caught up yes. in this relationship. But if she's 35, like, she has years, she should have, like, be a little more more yeah um no that's fair experience and and you know what were her other relationships like in the in the 20 years since atlas 
Right, because the better that's true. Because like in the book, she um, she's like literally for on her own for the first time and like that right. makes her so much more vulnerable and susceptible to like a powerful rich man who's older than her who's like um, saying all the right things and she's not like you know looking out for and her. sure so she just runs away and gets married like it's not crazy because she's you know with someone who gets it yeah no that's true so we'll see how colleen figures sees that it. one out how colleen sees it and then our fifth and final story is brought to you by BetterHelp. So thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode of The Toast. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself and to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? BetterHelp is done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That's one of the best things about BetterHelp, I feel. If you've done traditional therapy, you know that like the first or second or third person you meet like might not be the right match for you but it can get like really awkward like when you have to tell them and like leave and it's just like the waiting room there's a lot of like awkward social interaction but with better help it's done entirely online it's so not a big deal if you want to switch therapists and you can communicate with your therapist in whatever way you're comfortable with so they offer video chat phone call texting whatever medium makes you the most comfortable you can do so let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. There's never a bad time to start taking charge of your mental health. Your mental health is so important. Can think of it like brain camp. Visit betterhelp.com slash toast today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash toast. Betterhelp.com slash T-O-A-S-T. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Claudia. Our fifth and final story is a little more author news Ellen Hildebrand is on her book tour for her new book and she's sharing what's next in her career she said she's kind of like done with writing about Nantucket yeah she I saw she was on what like GMA or something or the Uh, Today Show CBS this morning oh wow okay and she um she basically was like I mean Nantucket's really small like I've literally written about like every place every corner like I, I might have to move no I know but I just thought since she's written so many books about a place that's so small it's like then she could write so many more because I feel like there would only be like three or four books to write, but she's literally written 30. So what's 40? I do love, I mean, it's obviously like a privileged position to be in, to like to be able to go out on top and like decide like I'm done. Well, so she talks about like the next step for her or like the next thing she's going to do, which is actually really funny because it it's exactly what we were just talking about. She has a podcast coming out. It's oh. called like Beach Books and something and they have like authors on and it's giving Carrie Bradshaw like wrote all these books now as a yeah. podcast. But also what I found really interesting is that she's co-authoring a book with her daughter about mm. two books about like a New England boarding school, which sounds so good. That does sound so good. And you know what's so funny? Ellen Hildebrand, I feel like somebody said this. It might have been me, but it might it have been me. someone else. That Ellen Hildebrand is the Nancy Myers of writing? Yes. Oh, I didn't say that? Okay. No, because <laughs> I did like, a Q&A. Like taking book suggestions, recommendations, and someone was like, what's a book that gives like Nancy Myers vibes? And I was like, Golden Girl by Ellen Hildebrand. And now that I think about it, Ellen Hildebrand is the Nancy Myers of books. Facts. Okay. Like I I resonated with that so much, I actually thought that I said it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You ever have that feeling where like it's so true, like I made it up? 
Yeah, no, totally. Or it's like, it's even nicer that you thought, like, maybe you saw it on TikTok and it's just like this viral yeah. thought yeah. that we all agree with. But Nancy Myers works a lot with her daughter on like projects. I feel like we were just talking about that. And Ellen's doing the same. Yeah, no, so that's a really cool position to be in. And then I feel like, her daughter, maybe her daughter went to a New England boarding school so she can give her mom like the facts and like yeah. you know, the actual logistics and then her mom can write like a great story. But Ellen Hildebrand also writes a lot of um, stories set in the Virgin Islands. That's like the other place that she really? frequents a lot. Yeah. Like if you, um, I read her Winter in Paradise series, which I didn't really like, but it was three books all set in like Virgin Gorda. Oh my god, I love the Virgin Islands. It's like one of my favorite places. You should read the Paradise series. Yeah, I've been to Virgin Gorda. And there's three and they're really like quick and short and cute. Um, But so she's done a lot of like stuff there too. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, she's a queen. She could do whatever she wants and... If she wants to compete with the redheads, like, come at me, bro, with her podcast. You just just like you said, there's space for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely space for Ellen. But literally, it's so funny because I was trying to think at the beginning of the show of, like, a writer who then, mm-hmm. like, now does a podcast. Yep. And Ellen. who's, like, getting older. Yeah, Ellen Hildebrand. Except, like, she's definitely going to keep writing. And she should. She's And her books aren't getting worse. They're getting better. They're getting better. Well, she just came out with a new book. So she's doing, like, a press for it, which is why she was on – CBS morning um it's called like the five-star weekend or something great I mean her most recent book was um Hotel Nantucket Ghost. yeah I like that one it was a little spooky like five keys five keys yeah that's what it was reminding me of and before um, but, that was Golden Girl which was so good Golden Girl I have made everyone in the book club read it because everyone loves Ellen Hildebrand but I feel like that wasn't one of hers that like popped off so most of them hadn't read it and oh my god everyone's obsessed with Golden Girl and if you like, it's just, I just love that book. I love it, too. And, like, everything she does, she, she really never flops. Even her books mm-hmm. that I'm, like, aren't my favorite. Still, I'm recommending it to you, the Paradise yeah, series. totally. Because I think you would um, really wait, like it. It was just what wasn't for me. I was going to say something. I keep also, trying to say it. And before that was, like, 28 Summers. Also good. Which had everyone in a chokehold. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. And then also um, her show is be, her book is being made into a show, so she's oh, like booked and busy. That's what I was saying. Is that which one is being made? Twenty. Perfect couple. No, um, the perfect couple. So she obviously like is making a lot of money. Netflix just announced the cast. It's like Nicole Kidman, Megan Fahey, Dakota John, Dakota Fanning. Like it's star studded. Ellen's fine. No, Ellen is fine, and she is busy. It's not just a once a week podcast she's working on. No, she's booked and busy. Yeah. And if you ever want to meet her, I think you just have to go to Nantucket and like walk the streets for five minutes and she's there. Like she's a Nantucket celebrity. Yeah. That's what Snitch and her friends did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They met Ellen. Yeah. But they also took that trip because of Hotel Nantucket. I also, um, when I saw what Ellen Hildebrandt looked like, it's so funny when you read books and you become familiar with someone and then like you see what they look like. I would have imagined Ellen Hildebrandt to look like Nancy Myers, like coastal grandmother, but she's, like, very sexy. Have you seen her? She's, like, hot. Yeah, yeah. But she, to me, she looks like what you think. Like, it's all congruous with her books. Most of the time, I'll, like, read a book or a, an author, and, and then I, like, see the author, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's not what I expected. No, no. When, when like, the author page comes up, I swipe so fast. Like, I don't want to know what an author looks like. I feel like it really <laughs> fucks with me. It really does. For me, it's hard because when we do redheads, I like tag the author so I have to find their Instagram. And I like Damn. to follow every author that we have read. Yeah. 
cute. And then I and then I see the author. You know, and it just like it gets in your brain and you need to have like a totally unbiased, like clean slate approach when you're reading a new book. Yeah, especially in like the smut category. Oh, like, yeah. Knowing, you know, someone has kids and they wrote like it's just I don't no, want to know, know that much. I want it like to be anonymous. I completely agree. Yeah, we need to go back to like pen names. Anonymity. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to put it out there, put it out there. Put it in the book. Literally. Um, well, those were great stories, Jax. Thanks. Yeah, they were fun. And I love a little book news. Plus, those are Me like too. the two queens of, of the writing world right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I believe that's all she wrote, correct? That's all we got for you. Tomorrow I'll be back in studio, which I'm really excited about. Wednesday we have GBT. GBT is making her return. Thursday you're in studio with me again. And then Friday remote because it's Friday. It's like a summer Friday. And it's like the biggest holiday weekend of all because it's like five days. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we won't be back on the podcast till Wednesday because of July 4th. Yeah, because July 4th falls on a Tuesday. So you can really extend. Oh, you're going away. Yeah. Fun. But not till Sunday. Oh, cool. That's what you get when you have a really long weekend. That's what you get when you let your heart win. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast and Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and give us a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast and we're podcasting on Spotify, Tuesday, Digital Public Radio, iOS, Box, Office, Play, Facebook, Packer, Fetus, Associated, Foxstar, Everybody, Beautiful, Stunning, and Wickedly Talented We Are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. Love ya. Bye. Love ya. Bye.